Welcome to another episode of the weekly podcast. We are live outside this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. So, follow us on Instagram. This is the same old shit that you get tired of hearing of. Twitter, Instagram, theweeklypodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, you can click Cash App and links. I think you can even gift us on Reels. Uh, if you want, if you don't, I appreciate it. If you listen, maybe give us a review, a five-star rating, uh, something positive. If you have something negative, refer back to, uh, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. So I guess today I was going to talk about DNA, uh, and how important it has become and then maybe how it's. It's almost maybe kind of, in, in some cases, become um, a factor in maybe wrongfully convicting or, or sending a, a, a different uh, message. Because DNA has become to the point where if you, you, know, you hear, oh, there's DNA, you automatically think, well, they're guilty. But there's, there's nuances to that, and I think you have to take into context really everything but sometimes i feel like we we miss that not we i mean just yeah i guess in general per se we miss the the the, the nuances of, of the case or uh taking uh, taking it into perspective each individual piece of evidence or or uh suspect and i was just going to do a podcast basically on DNA itself, but the greatest thing in the world happened. Rex Hureman was arrested, and if you hadn't heard that name by now, you live under a rock. This is the Weekly Podcast. DNA. They found DNA. You know, DNA, I'm not going to get into the scientific parts of it, only because I can't. I don't understand it, but DNA can be lots of things. Can be sweat, can be skin cells, can be blood, can be semen, can be hair. It's left in many, 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 many forms, and it's left many, many ways. So just because DNA is left at a crime scene doesn't necessarily mean that someone, that, that, that whoever that DNA belongs to, is the guilty party. You know, DNA can be touched DNA. DNA can be left on a an item that was used previously, like a blanket, a pillow, a, a, a towel, a shirt, anything. And so a good example of, of that, and it's like, you know, certain, like DNA in the 70s, like, for instance, the Golden State Killer, you know, he was leaving his semen everywhere. So automatically, you know, hey, his semen isn't supposed to be there. So whoever left the semen is the perpetrator. Or blood, for instance, normally with, with blood. If you have blood on someone, uh, their blood shouldn't be there. And whoever that blood belongs to is the suspect or the killer. Um, you know, sometimes if you find something um, that's not necessarily blood or semen, how did it get there? But sometimes I think we're quick to jump and to say, oh, well, their, their hair was there or, or skin cells or sweat or they found a hair on the tape or this or that. And we're quick to say, well, 
they're guilty. And I think you, you obviously have to step back and look at how that DNA was left. And a good case that just, is, it's been something that I've followed for years, and I know everyone has the Long Island serial killer, especially the four, Gilgo four, they, they're called, uh, in the burlap, which Rex Hurman was just arrested and charged in three of the four. Um, and as the case starts to, to come out into the public, there, it's been told to us that hairs from his wife have been found. A hair from him has been found on the tape or burlap that ended up being camouflage burlap used in duck blinds was found on the victims. So the, I think this is a great example to kind of talk about this with the DNA because we found, you know, they found his wife's DNA and his DNA. So does that mean that his wife is, is a part of the, the killing? No. His wife was out of town, three of the four victims, uh, when he killed them, or allegedly killed them. So, just because her hair were, was found on, on the burlap or the tape, it could be transferred from his shirt, and it got on the tape, transferred from a blanket that he used, or transferred from the victims just being in a home where she is present previously or times before. Now, his DNA is going to be different because you take that DNA, that hair, and you match it with other evidence, with the, the type of truck that he drove. The Chevy Avalanche first series was a truck seen by a witness uh, with one of the victims getting into it. You take that mixed with the phone information. They used cell phone towers and dumped all the numbers and went from thousands of numbers to hundreds of numbers to several numbers. And you take those numbers mixed with the two square areas where the phone calls were made. And his house is in one area in the square where a phone call was made. And his office is in the other squared area where the phone calls were made. So you take that evidence mixed with the truck the phone, the DNA, and the description of a very tall, heavy-set type individual with glasses, and you come to a conclusion <clears throat> that Rex Hureman is guilty of killing the Gilgo Four. Now, the DNA is important in this case because it takes all the other evidence and puts a stamp on it. Do we have the right guy? Well, hey, this guy fits the description. Well, hey, this guy has a truck, just like the the uh, the witness scene. Hey, this guy lives and works in the squared uh, squared off areas where the phones call, phone calls were made. Well, hey, the hair that's in this tape wrapped around this dead body matches Rex Hearman. That is a slam dunk, in my opinion. But then you have the opposite side of that. You got his wife's hair. So just because the hairs and the DNA are present doesn't mean the person is guilty. But it's been a long time coming for this Long Island serial killer case to have some kind of closure. I mean, I, over the last few years, we've had the Golden State Killer be uh, arrested, which I never thought would happen. 
We've had uh, the, the Delphi case closed. We've had um, the Long Island serial killer. And I feel like the, the John Bonet Ramsey case will be next, but DNA is, is crucial. It's important. I feel like at, at some point we've got to, we've got to the point where we need DNA to make convictions. The circumstantial evidence sometimes just isn't enough for us. We want, we want physical evidence. We want DNA. We want fingerprints, but we got to take this DNA evidence and fingerprint evidence and put it into perspective with the case. The, some of the information that they had on the Long Island serial killer, uh, they've had it for a while. <clears throat> now, I don't know if they just didn't do anything with it or if they, they are just now able to get certain technologies available to help put these databases together and, uh, and test this, this DNA for mitochondrial, uh, the hairs with no root. But, um, Nevertheless, Rex Hureman is looking guilty. And um, I was really surprised that in the press conference they come out and said as much as they did. Um, <clears throat> his Google searches were, were very telling with uh, the torture porn and, and following the Long Island ser serial killer case. Uh, he had had over 200 searches uh, looking into that. Uh, he had kept one of the burner phones, which I'm not understanding why he done that for someone that tried to be so careful. <clears throat> they had managed to find one of the burner phones used in each of the killings, and he got a new one each time. So what he would do, would go out and get a burner phone and make these calls from a burner phone. But once they dumped the cell towers and his name came up, after they weeded through thousands and thousands of people that were in two specific areas where the phone calls were made, he would he would make phone calls to the victims' families, and these phone calls were made in two areas, and he lived and worked in both of these areas, and by dumping the victims' cell phones, they were able to see certain numbers. Uh, and these numbers were placed in these same areas as well. So when they dump the cell phone tower, they're looking for numbers in these certain areas, in these certain little, little, little squares or triangles of area that the phone call could be made from. And that's originally what put Rex Hureman on the radar. Now, once they narrowed it down to, to hundreds instead of thousands, then you start taking other evidence. Okay, out of all these people, who drives a Chevy Avalanche? Okay, Rex Hureman's brother has one. Okay, out of all these people who were six foot four with glasses and matched the description of a witness seen with one of the victims the day before, Rex Hureman. When you start placing these pieces together, that's when they started following him. And in New York City, he discards a pizza box with pizza crust. They test it for DNA, and his DNA matches the hair found on the victims. Bam, they've got their man. They've got it. They've got the Long Island serial killer. This task force has done such an amazing job. They've put this thing together in 18 months, less than two years of starting this task force. They have closed it. Well, I won't say closed, but they've, they've 
really, really got a big piece of it. They've got a big piece of it. This is amazing. So one of the things I, I wanted to talk about in this episode was how they came to, to get Rex Hearman's name and then how they came to arresting him for the Gilgo Four. Um, and then talk about the nuances of the DNA and put it into perspective on why just DNA is not going to close this case. But uh, it just blows my mind. It's just it's a, it's a great day for the victims' families. It's a great day for true crime. It's a great day for all these podcasts and and people that worked hard on these cases. The task force, law enforcement. The DA's office, everybody, everybody. It's just, it's an amazing day. And I'm sure you're going to find in the near future there's going to be more evidence pointing to Rex Hearman. And he is guilty, I believe. But it's innocent until proven guilty. But they've got a pretty strong case against him. We'll, re we'll recap that and uh, finish up the episode. We'll be right back. Who is the Long Island serial killer? Who is Rex Hearman? 59-year-old uh, consultant, architect, works in the Manhattan area. Some say a bulldog, some say a weirdo, some say an asshole. Looks like he's had three or four lawsuits against people hitting him, hitting him in car auto accidents. Looks like he didn't pay his taxes from, a time, from time to time. Looks like an avid hunter, duck hunter, which is a connection to the camouflage burlap for the duck blinds found on the victims. Married to Asa as a daughter that works for him at his accounting or consulting firm. I believe her name, they said her name was Victoria, but they've taken the website down, and he has a stepson. Owner of many guns, they pulled over 300 guns from his home when they searched it, which is a lot. But who is he? Some neighbors say they're astonished at this arrest. But that's always the sociopaths, they blend, they fit in where they need to fit in. But there's always that underlying need to feel their desires. These killings happened in 2007 to 2010. These four bodies were found in December of 2010. Wrapped in burlap. And we all thought burlap, like in a nursery or a tree. or, But no, it was camouflage burlap. The Long Island serial killer would buy a burner phone and use a fictitious name to reach out to his victims. And this burner phone is really what led to Mr. Rex Hearman. Once they'd gathered the victims' cell phones, they started looking at numbers. And of course, he'd get a different phone for each case. So they start dumping the cell towers. And they narrow it down to two certain little areas that the phone calls had to be made from. We'll be right back. 
So once they narrowed it down to these two areas, they started dumping the cell towers, which was a painstaking job. They go from thousands and thousands of numbers. But once they get it down to a manageable number, they start taking other pieces of the evidence that they had. Description of a vehicle witness saw, description of a man witnesses saw, um, and they put that in, in the mix with the numbers. And you know he has got his personal cell phone on him at the same time he's using these burners. So he's he's used his phone and put himself in these areas with his real name. So when they narrow it down to hundreds instead of thousands, even though it's a burner phone and they have no name attached to it, they're about certain that the real person used their phone in these areas as well. So take the descriptions of six foot four, big guy, goofy, glasses, Rex Hearman. First, first series avalanche, Chevy avalanche truck, Rex Hearman. Okay. That's going to give them enough to look for DNA. Now they've, they've got hairs on the body. Now they just need a sample to uh, test it against. So that's when they gathered the discarded pizza pizza crust out of the trash can. And it's a match. They've got him. So different you know, circumstantial evidence builds to DNA evidence and mixed all together, they feel like they have their man. So now they get search warrants. They make the arrest. Uh, they, they spoke like they were going to do the arrest. They wanted to leave him out on the street a little bit longer, but... I feel like from, from different things I've read and, and listened to that he was back on the hunt. I think he was back on the hunt. Whether uh, he was harassing the, the victims' families or whether he was looking for new victims that he had never reached out to before, I think he was on the hunt. And, and public safety came into play, and they arrested him. But the performance search warrants at his house, they found creepy dolls. And, of course, you remember the the no-face timeout dolls that were found on the grave sites years back. Um, they, like I said, 300 guns, but that doesn't mean anything. It's a lot of guns. Uh, and now, you know, they're, they're doing searches and, and they're, they're finding other evidence. And I, I want to stay close to this case and follow it and, and, keep you informed on what I hear, but, you know, it just kind of, you know, you hear DNA, and that's why I kind of want to do this episode, you know, you hear DNA, and you think, oh, DNA, they're guilty, or DNA, oh, DNA, they're guilty, and you, you got to think, and you got to look at what type of DNA, how it was left, is it secondary, is it, is, you know, in blood, uh, how, where is it left, how's it left, when was it left, and there's so many things you need to look at, but this DNA mixed with other circumstantial evidence points to Rex Herman. His wife's DNA, you take it, you look at the other evidence, she was out of town, three of the four victims. More than likely, it was transferred from the victims being at his home or garage or basement or off a blanket, off of his shirt, out of his car, etc. So that's what I wanted to kind of put into contrast. The two, both Husband and wife's hairs were found on the victims. 
at face value, that's exactly the same thing. I found a hair from Rex Hereman on a dead body. I found a hair from Asa Hereman, his wife, on a dead body. But it doesn't mean the same thing when you put it into context. That was my point I was trying to make with DNA. Just because someone's DNA is found doesn't mean they're the killer, doesn't mean they're involved, doesn't mean anything. But you take DNA and how it was left. Now, if this was semen that was found, does that mean he killed him? No. Does that mean that he purchased him as an escort? Possibly. But it was hair in the tape, in the burlap. So that means hair from burlap or tape when he was putting it on them or when he had it in his vehicle. So that that's also context you need to put. Okay, they found his hair. What does that mean? That means he come in contact with them or they come in contact with something that he's come in contact with. But it being in the burlap, being in the tape, these are things that are important context to the to the evidence itself. And that was really kind of what I was just wanting to make in this episode and want to fill you in on what's going on with the Long Island Serial Killer and Mr. Rex Hearman. But this is the weekly podcast. We'll have another episode coming soon. Thank you for listening. Support the show. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you.